the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 46 for April 4th, 2006. Ah, Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab. I'm Dave Hamilton. Of course, I'm here with John Braun. And it's so Hi, good. Dave. It's so good to be back home in our in my little studio here. Well, that's right. You were away. Oh, that, was away. that sucked. Sorry about the sound last week. And that's the last of which we will mention it. Yeah, but your machine pulled through on the road, right? Yeah, the machine was great. And we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about we uh, the, oh, we are. the MacBook we Pro. Are. Yep. And uh, we've got some stuff about the the whole cable modem versus DSL thing, and we'll talk about oh, that later. It's 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 a uh, could get messy. It could get messy. That's right. And then we've we've got some ongoing conversations with uh, with you folks that uh, that we're going to kind of continue on with here. So you you were on a trip as well last week, right, John? You uh, you, you held up okay? Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah, I brought um brought my Airport Express. Yeah, that's a. Uh, a must-have. There was a problem with the uh, outlets and all that, but yeah, that's always. And their their wireless works just fine through that. That's good. I have to reconfigure that's good. it. We, we've got some travel tips to talk about too, if we if we have time. You know, after John or I or both of us travel, we always have little tidbits of of advice and and little things that we found to share with you. But first, let's uh, let's actually talk quickly about something that happened late yesterday, which is the ten point four point six update for Mac OS ten. Uh, I think it clocked in at what forty-eight megs for the PowerPC and one hundred and eight megs for the Intel uh, uh, series, if you will. And, and boy, uh, it was just a little of everything. It, it was, yeah. You, you know what? I I looked through, and of course we'll link to it. But you know, Apple has their knowledge base article that lists all the changes. There's a couple of specific ones that we can mention here. But one thing I noticed while reading through this is that there were a lot, a lot of references to third-party apps. There were, you know, there were a couple of references to the Microsoft Office suite. There was a thing about Aspire Media's True Crime, Streets of L.A. game, Quark Express 6, World of Warcraft. I mean, it was a, The Sims, I think, was even mentioned here. A, a lot of stuff that, that they kind of wrapped up for that. And that, that just seemed out of character if you will. So, Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if any of that has to do with the, uh, the Intel. Uh, uh, well, it didn't. Yeah. Some of it was, uh, and some of it was, yeah, a couple of them were, and a couple of them were just, uh, you know, uh, huh. regular so being stuff. a bit more open. You think? I think so. That's good. It's, it's yes, good. They, they, yeah. So the, the first thing, the first thing I noticed that made, uh, that made me sort of, spark up was that it says that it improves iDisk performance and based on my limited testing today it it sure seems like uh, the iDisk stuff is a little faster um there's also a major change to iSync in this thing though it's still not fast enough when you go to the system preferences and and sort of navigate through the the various panes or tabs rather of of the sync area there in dot mac but uh, it 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 iDisk performance definitely makes seems faster. There's that that whole thing in disk utility where it talks about you know you, and every time you'd repair permissions and it says it would give you what appeared to be an error where it said we are using special permissions for apparently that's gone now. Yeah, too. yeah. Because that always came. Yeah, it was something that it didn't fix. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I noticed that too from what I read on some people on the web. They said the uh, dev- device support is expanded, which I think they're always doing with every release of uh, iSync. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but but they, they do warn you. There's a couple things they warn you about in here. One is that if you are using iSync to sync with uh, a phone or a mobile device, sync with it before you do this update because apparently something can happen where, where that that sort of falls apart. Yeah, then, I think the first time you started up, I, I saw mine. I haven't committed yet, but it says, you know, hey, I got to erase your phone or something. So I yeah. think it's using the memory in a different way or something. But hmm. so you want to make sure everything else is up to date, I believe, which they did recommend. And I did a full backup just in case. As well, you should have. Uh, and then the, the other thing it does, and I, I actually updated three Macs today. One of them was my MacBook Pro, Intel, obviously. And then on power, and, and two of them were PowerPC Macs. Sorry about that. I hate it when I hit the mic, but I talk with my hands as those of you who have seen me. Yeah, well, you know, it happens. Don't hit the mic. Don't hit the mic. Amateurs. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, 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 there, there was a thing in the, in the notes here that said on PowerPC based Macs, it will reboot twice. It'll restart once, get uh, a little bit uh, through and then reboot again. Knowing that it was going to do this, I wanted to see why. And so I actually held down command V, which for those of you that don't know, means verbose mode or don't just show me the pretty graphics. I want to see the the Unix system report coming out behind. Now, by command, you mean Apple or Clover. That's exactly what I meant. That's right. But, but because I've, that's always kind of annoyed me that there's really three accepted names for that key. That's right. And one of them is not written on it. So, yes. Which Apple, is what you just said. That's which is why the I one just I just we... said. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was Apple V, but it didn't work. I held down Apple V and it wouldn't it, it didn't show me anything. Uh, but I held down Apple V on the second restart and I saw a line that said it was removing a whole bunch of different files. Some mm-hmm. things in temp, some were swap files. One was in, in slash Etsy slash no login. And then the other that really caught my attention was that it was removing slash mock dot sim, which I believe is the, the kernel loader. So hmm. perhaps the, this this whole this double reboot is because it was updating the kernel or something with, with OS 10. I, I, I don't know why that would need a double reboot, but uh, perhaps that's what's Mach? going on. Mock, M-A-C-H. Oh, right, right, M-A-C-H. Yes, not M-O-C-K. Yeah, yeah. Not like the, the, the mock turtles from Alice in Wonderland or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that reference dropped in there? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's appropriate. Um, so so that was that. Oh, and then there was the, the one other thing that, that now the Mac will actually tell you when it has adjusted the clock for daylight savings time. Of course, that's a couple of days too late for, for this past Saturday's daylight savings time thing here in the, in most of the U S but, uh, but I don't know if you saw today, we got the press release in John. Uh, it, it, it went so well. We had such a stellar daylight savings time this past weekend, this coming Saturday, the eighth, we're doing it again. So <laughs> by popular demand, by po- back by popular demand. So, uh, so y- your Mac should take care of that for you. But if it doesn't, go ahead and change the clock yourself because it is it is a little known fact. But we got the press release here. Of course, TMO being one of the major news outlets for the for the world. We, yeah, uh, we got. Yeah, that. yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> In the TMO towers. It, yeah. Well, they. they yeah. They. News they actually. Everywhere. They. They, uh, they. It came in via telex. Believe it or not. <laughs> Does anybody even know what that is? <laughs> I I don't even know how that just got into my head. So no, I can't imagine that uh, that people would know what that is. 
No, they would. How about COBOL? COBOL? Ooh. Yeah, they probably, more people probably know what COBOL is than Telex. All right, so <clears throat> I, I did travel with this MacBook Pro, and uh, it was my first trip with it, and I promised I would tell you all about it. And John's going to question me and try and trip me up here, which I'm, I'm sure he'll be able to do, because he's frankly a lot smarter than I am. Uh, I'm the smart one tonight. Well, you're always the smart one. <laughs> As are you. Please proceed, brother. But, uh, I, I So I, I tried to kind of chop up my notes here into to various different things. As far as the hardware goes, I, I got lucky. I don't have the issue with the, the processor making noise, the, the, the whining or anything like that. Uh, it, it, it my, my serial number starts with what, MB07 or something, and I think it's the ones with MB11 or M something 11. There's an article on TMO today that I'll, I'll link to that, that talks about this. But uh, they, Apple is actually issuing motherboard updates uh, for folks who are having this problem. So if you are having it, you can call AppleCare. Like I said, the details will be in the show notes. But I, I did notice that it gets very hot on my lap uh, to the point where I, I can't really put this thing on my lap, uh, especially if both processors are running. Now, I, I can turn the second processor off, and that helps a little bit. The, the, the one processor that stays on is the one on the left-hand side. The one that turns off is the one on the right but uh, when you turn the, if you, if you are uh, interested in turning the processor off to do various things, know this, when you put the Mac to sleep and wake it back up, both processors come back on with it. So very important to know that uh, if you're say nice. on an airplane and uh, you know, I found that the DVD player coming, uh, coming back, I watched uh, movies for a little over three hours and, and until the battery I actually finished and the battery still had, maybe 10% left, but I did that by, mm -hmm. by turning off all networking, turning off all Bluetooth. So no airport, no Bluetooth. And I, I choked it down so that only one processor was running and, uh, and playing a DVD on this thing used maybe 15 to 20% of the processor, the single processor that was left. So there was, it had plenty of headroom, but, uh, cool. yeah, no, my turn quickly, I, I got anywhere from two and a half to five hours five hours if I wasn't doing wireless because they did a yeah. wireless. Now so that, I was able to that, squeak five hours. That's on, uh, just, just so that the folks know, that's a 12-inch power book, is that right? Yeah, 1.67 okay. Uh, okay. or something okay. G4. It seems like the, the screen size is the big the big barrier to battery life there. But uh, Yeah, I tried to keep the screen down. I actually noticed with, uh, what am I using here? X battery. It shows mm -hmm. you the, uh, the current draw, which is uh, kind of interesting to know. Well, it, that was actually one of the interesting things because the, the fellow who made X Battery also makes uh, what Thermograph X, I think, mm -hmm. and they're both made by Jeremy Keezer, uh, if I'm pronouncing his name right. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, there is no temperature monitor for the MacBook Pro yet, and it's not mm -hmm. because the software hasn't been written. It's because Apple has not provided a way of accessing the temperature sensors that are inside it via software. So un until those hooks are built into the OS, we're not going to be able to, to get any baselines on, on how these things should be running. But uh, one, one thing that did bug me, jumping around a little bit here, one thing that did bug me was that I had gotten very addicted to my airplane power adapter for the MacBook Pro, um, or for the, for the PowerBook. And, of course, with the new power adapter on the MacBook Pro, that doesn't exist anymore. So I have, hmm. I have no way of, of getting juice. But... I found something. I stumbled onto something very cool. I have a car adapter for my iPod, and I happen to have it in my backpack where I had my uh, on the plane where I had my MacBook Pro. 
And so I was watching a little movie on the iPod on the way to Austin and I plugged the car adapter into the little power outlet on the seat of the airplane and it worked just fine. So if you have one of those, which you probably do, you can use one of those on airplanes and they work just fine. So cool. If it's no, got- thumbs up to our pals at Amtrak, which I took to go yeah. Boston back. They have, Ooh, what a good idea. 120 volt normal plugs near all the seats, at least on the oh, wow. train. And normal I think the plugs? Others, it's like, yeah. Oh, it's thank like, goodness. Why fiddle with all, Duh. just put a normal plug there. So I was able yeah. to watch movies and not run down a battery though. I oh, can usually great. like you get at least one movie out of a battery. Yeah. They don't have wireless on there yet, though. They will. You know they will. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. One other thing with the hardware on the MacBook Pro, the, the power light's a little weird. I, I noticed it would be, the, you know, there's the little light kind of on the on the front of the uh, of the bottom portion of the of the of the MacBook, and on my PowerBook, of course, that light would only come on when it was fully asleep and it would pulse. It would sort of, you know, glow yeah. on and off, on and off. Well, on the MacBook, that's still true. If it's asleep, it will pulse. However, if the display goes to sleep, the light comes on and is just solid white. So it was a little weird getting used to that. I thought it mm-hmm. kept going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very strange. But, hey, you know, there you go. Wireless uh, wireless work okay? My wireless has been working fine, yeah. I, I seem to have gotten one of the ones that doesn't have any problems, or at least none that it's showing yet. So, Okay, that's cool. Fine. I told you about... Uh... One of my coworkers just yep. got, I think, pretty much the same class machine as you did, and uh, and we have a Leap network using Cisco. Right. And uh, before it just would say, "Huh," it, it, it was like it almost wasn't trying. And uh, some people had a hack for uh, using a driver off of a uh, iMac, I think. Okay. But uh, no, they they fixed it. I said, "Yeah, apply the update," and uh, and it worked immediately. So the, Leap is the, fixed. So they had some wireless glitches. I know a lot of people. Had problems with leap and peep and and all that other stuff. So it's nice to see him respond pretty quickly. Is that the ten four six update you, you said? Yeah. Okay. Good. Oh, that's good. That I, I didn't specifically that. fixed uh, fixed leap. Cool. At least with the uh, the Cisco hardware. That's good. Yeah, that's... I got, had my coworker kind of grumbling because it works on the other other Macs we have, the uh, Motorola based. So that yeah. was I think one of the uh, Intel things. Just they fixed it. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, all right. So, the, you know, one of the things that, that everybody's been kind of clamoring about is the, the fact that there was that contest where you now can can follow a series of, of instructions and then boot Windows XP on your Intel based either MacBook Pro, Mac Mini or, or iMac. And I think that there's instructions out for all three now. Why would you want to do that? Yeah, well, you wouldn't. Uh, at least I wouldn't. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, th- it it. It does beg the question, well, what if I do need to run something in Windows? You know, previously we could use virtual PC. That doesn't exist anymore, uh, at least not not for the, the not Intel Max. Yeah, it does not run under Rosetta. But there's a piece of software called OpenOS X, and it uses an emulator called, and I don't know how to pronounce it, Q-E-M-U. Q-E-M-U. And, uh, I guess it's Q-M-U, right? Q-M-U, right? And... They've been updating it fairly steadily. There, there was an issue where installing Windows XP took literally a day and a half. Literally. But once it was installed, it would run fine. Now they've actually solved that problem, and it installs in about 30 minutes. They came out with that fix, I don't know, six oh. hours after I finished it. I've the, tried the this. The, the logo is uh, yellow, I think. 
Yes, it does take a long time. I tried it briefly. Yeah, well, it, I'll tell you, it, it works great. I, I've been using it. It talks to the network. It doesn't realize that I have a, a DVD burner in there or anything like that. But for for 90% of the stuff that you'd need to do, it fires right up into Windows XP. It works just fine. And the cool thing is, near as I can tell, it's not doing any real emulation. It's just doing uh, you know, instruction mapping or, or, or whatever it is you would call that i.e. it's letting the intel chip just act like an intel chip and it's passing the instructions back and forth from windows so uh processor utilization on the thing is is very very minimal uh, unless of course you're doing something in windows that requires you know heavy duty processor use so yeah I, no, I, the, if it's the one i'm thinking of it has yep. an option to uh select the type of processor so you can say not it, only pack, it does yeah so it has power PC, but I think it also has Intel and also 64-bit Intel. That's right. Yeah. Which actually we have someone who's running a 64-bit XP. So okay. that could be interesting too. Huh. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know what it's it the does. the first one I know of that lets you, you know, uh, make it look like another processor. Right. So all right. sorts of, emu- we should do an emulation show. So they do have a. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, but it works great. I, you know, no problems there. The the other software that uh, that I I need to make my life work is of course missing sync to sync with my my trio, and now that's out of beta. Version five point one of missing sync is is a fully released universal binary and works great. And default folder finally has an alpha version out, and it's it's alpha, very very yeah. alpha. Yeah, it's quirky. Sometimes it doesn't doesn't work quite right, but it is default folder. So if you are addicted to that, as addicted to it as I am, uh, it's like you know getting your your left thumb back. <laughs> At least that's what it was like for me. So, <laughs> so that's that. That's uh, th- that's my thoughts on the uh, on the MacBook Pro. I you know you, you heard you heard my initial review on it uh, back what a couple of weeks ago when I got it. I I I like this thing. The to to reiterate. Native stuff rocks on it. Emulated stuff, the stuff in Rosetta, runs just as fast, if not a little bit faster, than it did on my previous PowerBook, which was the fastest PowerBook you could get. So if you need to run a laptop, unless you need to run Photoshop, that does definitely run slower than it did on my PowerBook. But Mm -hmm. unless you need to run Photoshop, pretty much that's the only app uh, that I've found that runs slower. And it's not horrible. It's still very, very manageable. Uh, but but it does run slower unless you need to run Photoshop. Uh, there's no reason not to get the MacBook Pro in my in my view. Um, you, you're, speed-wise, you're going to be fine. You do want RAM though, the 512 that it comes with, and that and this goes for any of the Intel-based uh, machines out there, uh-huh. or ICBMs as the uh, as the folks at Rogue Amoeba call them, right? Intel chip-based Macintoshes. They uh, <laughs> <laughs> you like that. Uh, you need more RAM. I, I, I maxed this thing out at two gigs right out of the gate. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. You need Get that. More. Get more. Because Rosetta stuff uses a truckload of RAM. So that's... Uh, truckload. That's a truckload. All right. We had a conversation going uh, last week, I believe, and about full keyboard access and, and various keyboard shortcuts. And I we got a lot of feedback about how you can... John and I answered a question about how to simulate what you can do in Windows with full keyboard access, and we really kind of we we missed a pretty pretty major thing. And Slough actually was kind enough to to send in audio feedback about it. So 
Hey, Dave and John. This is Slough calling from New York. Uh, just wanted to give you some uh, quick uh, feedback regarding, uh, I believe it was Joel uh, from London. I think you said Joe, but I thought I heard him say Joel. Not sure, but at any rate, he was the guy that was asking about uh, keyboard shortcuts in OS X. And um, I just wanted to point out that uh, you guys you know, touched upon the keyboard uh, shortcuts tab of the keyboard and mouse pane in system preferences. Um, but um, I just want to point out that uh, there is a uh, there, there are two radio buttons in that uh, in that window, uh, and it says something like, um, in Windows and dialog boxes, press tab two, and then the first radio button is to to move between uh, text boxes and lists, and the second radio button says uh, something like all items, and if you uh, check that second radio button. Uh, in a dialog, you could just press tab and move to uh, the various buttons like OK or Save or whatever you know is the case in the dialog box. But the other thing also I want to point out is that in that outline uh, where you have lists of keyboard shortcuts, there is one folder in there called Keyboard Navigation. And in there you'll find um, some shortcuts like, for example, to move to menus, like Joel was asking. Um, you can use Control F2 to move to the menu bar and then just navigate with arrow keys. Uh, to move to the dock, you can use Control F3, for example. And uh, there's a bunch of shortcuts in there uh, you, you can see. And um, uh, anyway, just wanted to point that out to you and uh, hope that helps. And uh, love the show. Keep up the great work, and I'll see ya. Bye. Thanks, Slough. So, yeah, we, uh, we missed that. Of course, I had a couple people write in saying, well, you didn't mention this, but it still kind of stinks. It's not nearly as good as Windows. So uh, Agreed. Yeah, there you go. That is my coworker's top gripe. He's like, where's the keyboard equivalent? So I'm like, eh. Yeah. Now, Doesn't, I, they didn't think about it that way. <laughs> we ran it. No, they didn't think about it that way. Windows, I can navigate with no mouse, no problem. Uh, Mac, yep. I, I, mm. no, <laughs> no, not really. Pretty rough. Yeah. And if you are a windows user and I know that because we had this survey, uh, I know that about 50% of you actually use windows really? in, in addition to 90 something percent. Not, it's not a hundred percent Mac, you know, uh, the survey's over by they the way. They must be forced to do it at work. Yeah. But no, we, we actually have quite a few listeners that, uh, and you yeah, know, you know. are that, that I do too. During the day. Well, yeah, but we've got people that don't own Macs that listen to this show for uh, for inspiration for when they do get Macs. But, inspiration. Uh, yeah. For the 50% of you that, that wind up using Windows, Control-Tab uh, is your friend uh, as far as activating oh, yeah. activating various things that you thought previously you could only get to with the mouse. Control-Tab and then Tab uh, it can, can kind of move you around. And, of course, Control-Escape will open the Start menu in Windows, so... There you go. Welcome to the Mac Observer's Windows Geek. Yeah, so we ran a quick tip on TMO about how to make your own keyboard shortcuts, which we will link to in the show notes back on March 8th. And I also got an email, and I don't know who it was from, about a very, very in-depth, intricate, very geeky way of customizing the Cocoa Text system. It was posted at a Harvard website there. I think it's probably a student there. Or perhaps a professor. So I, I'll link to that too. We, we're not going to get into that. That's that's 
it's way geeky and and frankly it doesn't translate well via audio you'd, you'd want to be reading this stuff and entering it into the terminal and editing files and back up your mac first so with carbon copy cloner or something else or something else yeah that's right that's my favorite because i can that boot works, from the copy well. i gotta get a new hard drive I, I i have like one that's a 180 gig and then another one that's like a 40 gig but i need to get like a, your, a 500 gig hard drive to back your up your desktop as well. Uh, well no on uh, external firewire okay that i that i use yeah to back i don't up think we're a, i think yeah the the i got a 300 mm-hmm. less than a year ago yeah. so that's pretty good serial ata pretty cheap yeah but yeah they're probably up to 500 now if not bigger. yeah they, they've got terabytes coming right i saw i saw i think owc and uh trans international are both selling well i mean the, the drive's out there so they just mount it in their case and oh they have the terabyte full terabyte drives not stitched or gosh anything? you know i don't know i haven't i haven't I they were still because yeah. at least the early ones were stitched together like two yeah two fives hmm it'll get there eventually huh interesting okay with all that space that's all right uh well, you'll fill it up you know you will everybody movies. everybody with does movies yeah you always find a way it doesn't matter the first hard uh-huh. drive i ever had was a 40 meg hard drive i thought i had the world by the short hairs you know. now this this podcast will get close to filling that up so uh-huh. there you go <laughs> Uh, so that, that's, uh, that's, that's that conversation. If, of course, if you have anything to add, email it to MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We have, uh, we began the conversation about cable and cable versus TSL. And, uh. And it was like stirring up a hornet's nest. It was, but this is great because we're, we're going to talk a little bit about it here. And then, uh, next week we're probably going to have a guest gabber, someone who is involved in developing, uh, some, I believe some cable modem technology, back a number of years ago to, to kind of help us answer the question of the, the real question I want to dig into here is the whole myth or is it a myth about how DSL is better than cable because cable is on a shared network and DSL is a guaranteed pipe, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's really the question I want to get into. However, uh, however, and, and, and he's going to, he's going to help us there. Um, buy it. I, I, we got a bunch of emails from, from folks, uh, various topics, there were quite a few, including Micah's from Switzerland, where it, it sounds like DSL over there is a whole lot more prevalent because um, DSL, there was, a, there was an issue where the government opened up, the, the various governments rather, uh, opened up the doors for these cable companies to come in, but they're they're not offering nearly the services that you can get via satellite, which everyone had before, or or DSL and satellite being TV, obviously, and then and then DSL with your high speed. And Micah said for about thirty five bucks US a month in Switzerland, you can get a twenty four megabit downstream and one megabit upstream connection. Uh, the TV gets streamed through your DSL, the phone, rental movies, all that stuff is coming right through. And it's using, of course, copper mm-hmm. wire. So it's taking advantage of existing infrastructure. I, I think I think we kind of hit the hit the ground running a little too late in this country with or, or, or because we were the first ones out of the gate with with a lot of this stuff. Um, our infrastructure just wasn't set up to, to support DSL properly. And, and that's why cable, yeah. cable sort of took over here. Um, it was all the copper the versus right i mean if you look at how much each can hold i mean it's you know pretty clear mm-hmm. 
And I wonder if it has to do with, you know, the competition angle. Because typically, yeah. even now, in whatever area you're in, it's usually one cable provider and one telephone provider. So that seems That's to right. be changing. That's right. Yeah. In some areas. And right. then, yeah. So if they're basically, if, if their old infrastructure was crummy, then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And I guess there are chances. I think we've been spoiled because we're usually we've usually lived in uh, areas near a city or. That's right. You no, know, that's right. Major metro. I know in uh, Middle America, a lot of times you may not. Uh, that's right. Not necessarily be near a uh, you know fiber backbone. Right. Well, the the other thing is you know a, a lot of countries had built their infrastructure after we did, so they got to look at us and say, okay, <laughs> here's what the U.S. did right, but if they could do it again, here's what mm-hmm. they would do differently, and. Uh, and and so you know companies uh, com- companies countries like Poland and and various other places that, that built their infrastructures after we did actually have uh-huh. better better phone systems out there because or, or skip it or just skip it yeah, yeah for, forget some, com- like some countries go right okay. to wireless they're yeah. like yeah that's right what what do you need a cable for that's right yeah <laughs> fiber so. though yes you need fiber fiber in the home. Yeah, that's it's right. out there. Feels. It's out there. Verizon's doing it. Yep. If, if you've got, if there's anybody listening to the show that's that's using Verizon's FIOS offering, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Either yeah. audio comment or or Massachusetts. Or text. I yeah. think it's uh, northeast right now, from what I heard. Maybe yeah, some Bo- other areas. I know Boston's got it, so um, mm. that's not far from us here. I keep I keep looking to see if they're going to bring it here. I, I I think with the university in town, I keep hoping that you know they'll mm. they'll get something close to us. But uh, well, I wonder if uh, Peter or Andy or. Uh, yeah, one of those guys. And, Andy, Andy, Peter's in Cape Cod, so that's uh, oh, okay. That's no, good. that's no, that's the sticks. <laughs> that's the, <laughs> everywhere's the sticks to you. <laughs> here's what here's what Ruben had to say. Hi guys, it's Ruben in Annapolis. Still enjoying the show. I'm sending a message because I uh, just listened to your last episode, and you were foreshadowing to some. Um, I guess your next one of one of the next topics on your next show, which would be what's faster. DSL or um, or I guess cable uh, networks and um, in Annapolis, Maryland, in my community, I have a cable. Uh, I get my internet through a cable modem and uh, through a cable service. Starts with a C, ends with a T. You can probably uh, uh, figure out what that is. I have. But um, I was, you know, kept on getting letters and everything from the local phone provider, which they do a great job with that. The huge provider starts with a V. I'm sure you can uh, figure out what the phone provider is. And they said, you know, hey, our DSL is very fast, blah, blah, blah. I, I hooked it up, and I, I compared the two, and the, and the cable was uh, slightly quicker. Now, I know that right now they are installing cables throughout my community, uh, or um, they're installing something in the ground, fiber optic cables or something. That may be quicker in the, uh, you know, after that's installed, I'm not really sure exactly what they're putting in there, if they offer something through that, but right now, with their standard network, it's not, it's not what it's, uh, it's all cracked up to be as far as the DSL compared to the cable. So that's just my comment here in my locality. There you go. You know? Yeah. yeah there you go. I, I think, you. in fact, they're not installing new communication cables. It's the government agents and the black helicopters <laughs> they're retrieving the monitoring I, devices one of them is outside right now john they look like i gotta, utility I gotta go that's it folks Be thanks no. careful <laughs> they may look innocent but they're not haven't you watched x files come on they're not they would put you know the monitoring device 
All right. Ah, that was so, a good show. I, All right. There, what are you watching? A little yeah, you told me. Well, we'll talk about that later. The, you know, the French Parliament approved that DRM bill, right? You know, you know what I'm talking about, John? Where they basically, yeah, according they to, said, you according know, all, everybody play nice. We're going to, you know, control the market here. You, yeah. Here's how you should do business. At least yeah. that's one take on this. Which, well, what they what they said was, if you buy a song from any music service, it needs to be usable on any portable player. Now, mm-hmm. Apple responded to this by saying, well, the French have just legalized piracy. And, you know, it's fascinating to me to watch Apple leap from clearly one side of the fence to clear on the other side, right? Because when they came out with the iTunes Music Store, they said, listen, you know, we we had to, we trust you folks. We know you're not going to pirate music, but in order to placate the labels, we had to build in a thing where... labels. Yeah, that's what they said. In order to cut this deal that we cut with the labels, we had to do this thing where we would, uh, you know, only let you burn, you know, one playlist 10 times. But don't worry. All you got to do is change something and change it back, and then you can do it again. We just had to do this for the labels. We trust you. We know you're not going to pirate. We just need to prove this to the labels, right? Well... Now the French government has basically said the same thing. People aren't going to pirate. We're just going to let them do what they do. But it, it, but Apple comes out and acts like who? The labels. I, it just, it ticks me off. It, you know, they've they become the big boy now. And now they're, they're you know, now they're boy. the bad guy. Oh, yeah. I don't It just drives me crazy. Hmm. What do you, what do you think? I mean, it, 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 it's annoying. Yeah, and but Apple's defending it like you know, like they like they need to have it as a, or they want to have it as opposed to it's a necessary evil. You'd think Apple, if this was the Apple of you know five years ago or whatever it was that came out with the iTunes Music Store, they would be you know applauding this decision. Great, we don't have to yeah. use DRM. Well, clearly their business model requires that they use DRM to sell iPods. And uh, I don't know. The other hand, though, is that I think a lot of it was to placate the labels. Just like, OK, you it know, we'll was. Put this then why are they there. why are they why are they, you know, pissing and moaning about uh, the, the French government saying that they have to, uh, you know, they have to open it up. Don't you think they should be happy about that? No, I think it's personal. You know what I think? <laughs> remember uh, uh, Jean-Louis Gasset? Oh, see. So probably <laughs> mangled his name. Yes. It's from the past. Ah, so you think There's that's a French going on, huh? connection in that's Apple's French. past? Yeah, that's right. How's that for the tinfoil hat crowd? Wow. Yeah. Well, I wish <laughs> I wish I could agree with you, my friend. <laughs> uh, I'm just channeling. I, I didn't say. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, Apple's yeah. history is fun. One of my favorite books is uh, "The Journey Is the Reward." That was a great book. Great book. Book about Steve Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Dispels a lot of myths. We'll link to it. I'm sure it's out there, but it Yeah, it is. Oh yeah. Uh, so it drives me crazy. Pirates of Silicon Valley. Pirates of that? Silicon Valley was that was the movie, you wasn't it? That? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was another uh, pretty good one too. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh what else? So yeah, I guess it's a uh, you know, hopefully you have access to at least one fast connection. Right? Yeah, I guess so. That's that's how it goes. Um all right, so let's go through some of these travel tips uh, uh, because I, I found a, a couple of other things here. Always pack an extra pair. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That, so, of everything. Yeah, of everything. 
And and here's one thing that I always do, but this time it saved me. I walked into the hotel room, and the first thing I do before I unpack is make sure I have high-speed access that works. Because some rooms aren't quite yeah. right, you know, or whatever. And so I get in there, and I'm looking around, and I open it up, and no, no wireless. And I couldn't re- I knew they said they had high-speed, but I couldn't remember if it was you know, wireless or wired. And so I call the front desk and they're like, Oh yeah, look behind the desk where the phone is and you'll see a blue ethernet cable on the floor. Just plug that in. So, okay, fine. And so I start Uh. tugging on the cable and I found both ends of it. So I thought, well, based on what I know, based on what I know about electronic resistance, uh, this isn't going to work. So you got to plug into something. Yeah. yeah. So I looked and behind the bed, there was the Jack for the, the ethernet and it was literally blown to smithereens. I think someone, (laughs) I, I don't I'm not sure what the last person was doing in this room, but I don't think it was surfing the Internet. So uh, I called the front desk and had him move me to, you know, a different room. And the guy came in. He's like, oh, well, I have this little tester here. Let me just test it to see what the problem is. I'm like, no, dude, you, you don't understand. I showed it to him. He says, new one. oh, I said, I think we're going to need to go to a different room. He's like, oh, yeah, that's that's not going to work at all. No, it's it's not. So. And Where were you staying? Or maybe you don't want to say. This was a cheesy little clarion. And, you know, I go back and forth. Sometimes if I can get a good deal with Hotwire or Priceline, I'll stay at, yeah. you know, some super hoopty doopty. You know, the last time I was in Austin, I was at the Stephen F. Austin Hotel. It was a five-star place. Basically paid the same price that I paid it at this clarion inn. This clarion inn, it had... <laughs> It had a it, movies on demand. One night I wanted to watch a, a movie. I, I, you know, I was done with what I needed to do early and didn't feel like sitting at the desk and watching on the power book and of course didn't want to you know scald my my thighs by putting the power book in bed so i figured well let me see what they have and they had i don't know something that looked mildly entertaining like fun with dick and jane and so i start looking at the at the uh the the instructions of how to do this and it says tune the tv to a certain channel and then pick up the telephone press a button on this little device next to the telephone that i then had to swipe my credit card through and (laughs) And then I and then I like was punching buttons on the telephone while watching the responses on the TV. And I picked okay. the movie. I picked the movie and it started, but it was clear that it was being played from a VCR somewhere and the tracking was off. So it was moving all around. So I had to cancel the movie and, and just I don't know. I guess I watched. Did you also have to do the hokey pokey? I, it was it was ridiculous, uh, you know. So I I think I read it must it. have been. It I, sounds like a hobbyist project. I, I read he, a, I read a book. He drank, sold the hotel and drank a glass of wine and went to sleep. Was, or there's the some movie. guy somewhere in the basement who you know, yeah gets an electric but, shock and it's right. like load this tape up. <laughs> he's he's fast asleep until the shock comes in. Yeah, yeah. My so, room was good. Working cable, working uh, one one electrical outlet. You were you were in a nice you were in a nice place. So Weston, yeah. Weston Copper yeah, Square. Those are nice yeah. places. They got the heavenly bed there, you know. Yeah, and the heavenly uh, bath. Yeah, heavenly and bath. That's boy, right. Oh boy, boy but, uh, howdy. But yeah, one electrical outlet did not work, which was uh, slightly annoying because it was near all the network hmm. and other stuff. That's another travel. That's another it. travel tip right there. Bring a power strip with you. There are never enough plugs at the desk for your <laughs> airport base station and your power book and never. your external hard drive and the mixer that I have to bring and, and the iron and the right. That's right. Although, don't plug your iron yeah. into the power book. That doesn't work so well. No, no, usually not. And what I'll leave this with one last thought. <sighs> Remember the days of OS nine, John? Do you remember those days? Ew, I, I do. There's only like three percent of our listeners that use OS nine, by the way. Bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, we've been there. There was one thing that was really good, and it was called the location manager. You remember that? You could change, and it OS ten thinks it has this, where you can change the location, but all that does is alter your network settings. With OS nine, yes. the location manager would change 
your i it would change your network currency settings it would change currency it would change your time zone for you it would change yeah. that the servers that it mounted it would do all kinds of stuff and it was great and I, I i long for that day so is there a piece of shareware out there that will do that for me you know anyone i do not know bueller well bueller. if you know bueller <laughs> If you, and I don't mean that other guy, I mean you. Huh. If I know you, this guy if, who knows this girl who was coming out with this guy yeah. who saw him at... Well, if you know, email MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com. And you can send us audio comments to that address, or you can Skype them to the Skype voicemail, which is simply MacGeekGab, and that's free. It costs us money. It doesn't cost you money, and I didn't want to confuse that issue. So... And, you know, we do have the enhanced feed that Michael uh, does for us so quickly every week. Um, and I, I wanted to uh, make sure all of you knew about it because it, a lot of you use it. There's a, probably probably 10 or 15 percent of our listeners are using it. But yeah. my, my guess is that, that, you know, some of you didn't realize we had it. So I wanted to make sure I, I mentioned it again. Uh, and it's awesome using iTunes or, or an yeah. iPod. And Michael's been doing a lot of it. The, the last couple have been really cool. The, the, there are more pictures and links than there are chapters. He's he's really become a, 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 a oh. wizard with this chapter tool. So it, much better than having me or John do it because, A, it gets out in time, and, B, it, it's actually better. So thank you, Michael. And thank you to all of better. you who subscribe, not just to that feed, but to the other one, the MP3 one. We appreciate yeah. you being a subscriber. We want to know what you think. How, yeah. do, you want to, how do you tell us? Well, the, the various methods that we, we talked about Podcast previously. Alley, uh, yeah. You can vote. iTunes. You can, sorry, a lot of good stuff there. Yep. Or you can call. You can actually pick up the phone call. and call. We'll never answer, of course. The phone. The telephone. 206 666 Geek. <laughs> Whoops. com uh. or MacObserver.com slash podcast. That's it. Next week, we hope to have the... Uh, a guest gabber on talking about DSL and cable and uh, next week's show will probably be out on Monday this one was out on Tuesday so we were a day early on the on the first side and a day late on this side thanks a lot folks hope you have a great week thanks for staying subscribed we'll catch you next time complaints go to slash dev slash null right delete right away at (laughs) macgeekgab.com